0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The dream is made real.
1: Ricky Harris rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over.
0: Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, joined as always by Johnston for one of our ad hoc episodes on the heavyweights of boxing, the great heavyweight debate, the heavyweight debate part two. However, we want to label this, this is the episode that we said we wanted to discuss all the recent announcements of heavyweight fights and lack of certain heavyweights in the ring and this is the place to do it and we're really excited to talk about it and at the same time quite sad as well because there's some fights where we feel could have been made and haven't been made there's some fights where we feel you know it's like a last chance saloon for some of these fighters there's been some ballsy rematches made and there's been some fighters that are just they're like they're they're not even on the planet anymore it's like they're not even tuned in with what's going on in, in the heavyweight division and yes i'm talking about tyson fury of course and his Potential fight with former UFC fighter Francis Ngannou. We will get to that a little bit later. But we're going to start the show by highlighting what fights have actually been made. And then we'll discuss them in detail, Johnston. So the first fight that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we were waiting to be signed was Anthony Joshua and Dillian White. The rematch that has now been signed for August the 12th at the O2 Arena. And then you also have the signing of Alexander Usyk and Daniel Dubois, which has now been confirmed for the 26th of August in Poland. And then we knew this a couple of weeks ago, but I'll mention it again. We've got the rematch between Big Bang, Chile Chang, and Joe Joyce going in and getting balls of steel to go straight back in the ring and trying to avenge that loss that was inflicted on him earlier this year. So three big heavyweight fights. Some people may not think they're big heavyweight fights, but they are. They're not major heavyweight fights, but they're certainly big, and it's certainly the activity we wanted to start to see in the heavyweight division. The problem is that these guys are all having to fight each other, and all these fights are having to be signed because of one particular man who doesn't seem to want to actually make the fight that needs to be made. That's Tyson Fury. Now, I've been quite overly critical of him recently, Johnston, because whilst I appreciate what he can do in a ring and whilst they appreciate what he can do in this sport when he's on his day, what he is doing at the moment and what I feel he's doing is killing heavyweight boxing because of his lack of inactivity and his lack of willingness to go in there and get a deal signed with Alexander Usyk and create the big fight that we all wanted to see. And what that's done is it's had a domino effect because it's forced other fights to have to happen. So Dubois and Usyk, some people feel that's it's a complete mismatch. You've got Joshua and White, which is like a last-chance saloon fight between the two of them because there's nowhere else for them to go. Deontay Wilder is is out there on his own. You'd think that maybe he would have had the Joshua fight or even fought White, and none of that's happened. And it just feels like a little bit of a shit show at the moment in the heavyweight division.
1: It does, mate. <laughs> that's quite a good way of putting. It. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, the Wilder fight, by the size of things, with Joshua is is a date that is pretty much penciled in for Saudi in December. So Joshua with Wilder seems to be the the fight that that looks like it's going to happen. And in the meantime, Joshua has decided to step in and fight White, which is you got to give him credit to that, uh, because if he loses the fight, then he loses the Wilder fight and then obviously if White wins that I think the, the argument there with the rematch between the two was that Idylian White was sort of suggesting that if he beats Joshua then he should get the Wilder fight and it's quite ironic how Wilder knocking out Helanus who you know Helanus was a fight a fighter that I mean really well worked really well worked from, from Team Wilder because everyone was sort of saying that as the end of Wilder from the Fury defeats and then all of a sudden he goes and knocks out Helenus and now he's the guy That's apparently jumped in front of Joshua and White. I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's anything really much between the three of them. I think White probably lags a little bit behind Wilder and Joshua. And Joshua Wilder is the fight I would love to see more than any other. To be perfectly honest with you, because it's a tremendous fight. It's a fight that you will be on the edge of your seat for from the very moment that bell sounds. So for me, I think Wilder-Joshua is a great fight. I really, that is the, the fight, in fact. When you're talking about the marbles and, and, and everything and, and the significance of a fight, then obviously that's Fury Usyk. But in terms of sheer entertainment, Wilder, Joshua's huge. And for Joshua to take the Dillian White fight, who can be on his night, very troublesome and difficult, I think he shows a lot of character from Joshua. And I think he feels that he needs that. There's no point in him sort of sticking around after that Franklin fight and not take another fight in between it before the potential of going in against Deontay Wilder. And for Deontay Wilder, I think he should be looking at Ruiz. I don't see why that fight isn't happening. That should be the next fight that should be side-sealed and delivered. While Tyson Fury does what he does, and uh, you know, look, I think the frustrating thing with Tyson Fury, Sean, is that we want to see him in action. We want to see him fight because, you know, he's a, he's a joy to watch in the press conference and, and what he brings to the sport. He is a heavyweight champion. He does consider himself to be the best and some of his fans get a little bit, away with the fairies and feel like he's the best that's ever lived and he could he could you could chuck him in any any era and um and he would still come out on top you know that we have a completely different opinion on that but look, that's for a whole nother show the fact is Tyson Fury is probably going to go and take this stupid fight of the UFC fighter. maybe it's just a little warm-up for him to earn a shitload of money before potentially fighting in December as well against Usyk again I mean look we said it before the show even started, Sean. You know, I, I can't help but sort of, you know, when you see the Saudis at the minute and the money that they're putting in to sport, especially with the situation in golf and then potential sort of happening in, in tennis and, and any even in football when you think of Newcastle. And, and I do think they are sort of an influence on the heavyweight game at the minute because they are dangling that carrot in December for huge money for the winner of for, of White and Joshua to fight Wilder and you sort of think maybe Wilder's camp saying, well actually let's not even fight anyone just in case you lose and get the big money. So it's almost like the Saudi money is influencing not just the fighters perception and and, and their mind. I also think it's also all in promoters' minds and, and their attempt to want to protect their fighters.
0: It's dictating how the heavyweight division is going it at is. the moment. That that that's what I would say it's doing. Barring Usyk, who's out there kind of on his own and not just accepting Saudi money, he's fighting in Poland. You know, he's defending his titles. What? A dangerous okay. fire as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know people are saying this is a mismatch of a fight and, you know, there's not a lot of people giving De Bruyne a chance and I can understand why because they think that Usyk's going to run rings around him and potentially that's what might happen in the fight. But you don't know. Daniel De Bruyne is a big puncher and if he did land on Usyk, you know, who knows what would happen? And I know people were giving... Dev Fassani a lot of shit on social media in the last twenty four hours after the fight was announced and they did the little presser, and and obviously Dev, he, he, you know he's a he's a company man. He works for Queensbury. you know he's obviously going to promote the best he can. Daniel Dubois, he, you know he's hard to be objective when you're in a position that he's in. So people are giving him a bit of stick on social because of the fact that he's hyping up that Daniel could potentially be. Alexander Usyk the reality is Usyk's got all the tools in the division to beat everybody and it may be just a formality that he beats Daniel De and sets himself up for a December date against Tyson Fury now I'm looking forward to seeing Daniel getting an opportunity after going to that shit show in America the Don King promotions against Trevor Scott I'm looking forward to him getting an opportunity he got the win against Kevin Lorena People felt there was a bit of controversy around that, of course, as well. So, all Daniel's trying to do is just prove himself in any which way he can. So, fair play to him for going to Poland and taking the fight. Fair play to him for doing that. Yep. You know, he's seemingly the only one, as of recent times, that seemingly has the, the the backbone to just do it. And, I mean, Joe Joyce is another one, to be fair to him. Joe Joyce is taking that rematch against Zang. Like, he didn't have to take that fight, but he wanted it. He wanted the rematch. He wanted to avenge the loss. He wanted to rectify the mistakes he made in that fight of being hit way too much and relying too much on his chin to for him to be end up being stopped. So for me, you know, these two guys in particular, you know, they've got some big backbones, some big bollocks, man, to do what they're doing. And Joshua, he needs redemption. He needs a redemption win. The Franklin win still has left question marks around where he's at at the moment, both mentally and physically in the ring. So what did he do? They pick up a fight where you've got Dillian White, who also is looking for that level of redemption and also has that history with Joshua. Well, let's just put these two back in the ring again, like they was in 2015, and let's see where this lands us. What happens if Dillian White beats Anthony Joshua?
1: Does wow. that... Is that the end of Joshua? Is that the end of him? Because well, re- I think I think that's I think that's the rematch clause. I think that's the rematch clause that White didn't want because he wants that wild. Because the the carrot is Wilder in Saudi. Yeah. And, and 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 Joshua doesn't have to take this fight, mind you, guys. By the way, I mean for those for what I've read, he doesn't need to. It seems to me that the Wilder Joshua fight is happening in December. It's there. The the, the venue's there. The Saudi money's there. So it will Wilder. Have the bullocks like Joshua to have a fight in the interim, and it has to happen now in in August, July. If it goes into September, that is going to alter the the whole. You're it's not like going to get it, that yeah. fight in December, are you? So it, you've got to give Joshua credit. I know people. The fact is, I mean, look, you're as good as your last fight. How many times have you seen people when Wilder lost to Fury twice? He inevitably, lost three times, but he lost badly three times. The second one, he's he's screaming at dipping tainted gloves or some shit. Who knows, right? Clearly can cut still. But evil either, either way, they um, a lot a lot of people in general were writing him off. Like literally Wilder's got no chance. He beats Helenus and Taylor made an absolutely brilliant bit of work. The only time I can actually say his team have made one of the best blinding bit of work because it put Wilder straight back in there and all of a sudden, because of that win, he's above Joshua and Dillian White. Not for me. I I, I can't help not credit Joshua. I understand why people don't like Joshua because of the shit that he's come out and said recently and some of the things he's done. He's fought Usyk twice and he's lost to the better man twice. And I rate Usyk. People just don't rate Usyk and then they go and put Tyson Fury in this stratosphere and try to even compare him to the likes of some of the greatest of all time fighters that have ever lived in this planet. And that that grinds on me. It's not his fault. It's not Tyson Fury's fault. I want to see Tyson Fury. I'm a Tyson Fury fan. It's the fans of his. It's like the wilder fans as well. They're in a hole. I don't even know where these people are sometimes. And and they are very strong in terms of how they feel with their fire. It's almost like you've got to be careful to not criticize them fighters because, you know, you just get shit for it. At the end of the day, we are boxing fans. And we like to see guys fight. And we want to see Fury in the ring. We want to see Wilder in the ring. And I do think that sometimes that money clouds their judgment. And I'm not saying Joshua doesn't. I do think he also has that about him. But I think this year, for him taking what I've got to give him credit. He's fought Franklin. wasn't a great performance. He's going to fight White and he wants Wilder. And if he gets those three fights in this year and he does win all three of them, that will put... Anthony Joshua in a huge position come next year. It yeah. would. And and you've got to give him credit for that because a lot of people were saying they're washed up. And the uh, the one last thing I would like to say to Sean, before you come in is the one thing I will say, Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, how much are they charging for that pay-per-view? What the fuck is going on now? <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: that is uh, completely another can of worms, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I'm not too sure why there is a, a huge fee associated with this. Uh, I mean, there's mentions of certain fighters on this particular pay-per-view. And, you know, it looks like potentially it could shape up to be a good good undercard. But we always say this about undercards. You think you hear the names and then you think, well, maybe we're going to get some really good evenly matched fights. But nine times out of ten, what you end up getting is the names. But in the opposing corner, people that are there to be bowled over by these names. So it doesn't make it that appealing. Now, Joshua versus White as a pay-per-view, do, do I agree with it? Um, not so much, but then I can understand that both of their market market values have increased since the first time they fought each other. It has. Like, naturally, like Anthony Joshua is a, is a brand now. He isn't just a fighter. He is a brand. Dillian White isn't a brand like Joshua, but he's certainly got that reputation and the history that comes with it and puts him in there as as a legitimate threat. And because Joshua hasn't looked fantastic over the last three fights, the two against Zuzic and the one against Franklin, I can imagine there's a lot of people out there that think maybe this could be the complete downfall of Joshua. So maybe there's people out there that are tuning in to see Joshua get beat and see the downfall of Joshua. Either way, people are going to pay to watch it. And that's what the promoters are thinking about. And that's what, the whole premise behind this fight is, is is to keep them busy, keep the carrot in front of them, keep the money rolling in because fans will pay to see it. And I also think they've missed a trick, to be honest with you, with this fight, because I think they could have had it in a bigger venue. The tickets sold out almost within five, ten minutes yesterday when they went on sale.
1: Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them.
0: so to me, they missed out. They could have had this at Spurs' football ground or they could have had it at the Emirates or, you know, there's plenty of places they could have had this fight and it would have been reputable. I mean, Tyson Fury and Dillian White happened at Wembley. So why couldn't Joshua White have it happened?
1: They could have. I, 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 and, then, and then they go and find this sort of 27 quid pay-per-view. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that's too steep. I mean, I'm, I'm moaning about that, you know, look what America pay over there for their pay-per-view. I mean, that's ridiculous, but yeah, I, I absolutely, missed the Trick. Why the O2? They had the first one, I mean, I went to the first one at the O2 and I I enjoyed the fight. I loved it. It was great. Um, and and I was uh, I, to be honest with you, I was you know I was rooting for Joshua, but in the back of my mind, I I'd, I'd admiration for for Dillian White. I did. I like this guy, this trash talking fellow, and and I still do. You know, you fight anyone, Dillian. He he's a throwback fighter, and I I like that about him. And and people can give them credit, them stick. I mean, it's not their fault that the pay per view price is what it is, but I do think not only have they missed an opportunity to not have this fight in a bigger venue where they could have sold more tickets, they've also gone down a route of then upping the pay-per-view prices where people will not pay pay-per-view for that price now. And, and that in itself is now going to cause a problem because they're not going to sell as many pay-per-views as they would have liked. So it's almost like increase, less, so the less people are going to pay for it, but yet are we going to generate that money anyway? So if you're going to break it even, I think, you know, just keep it as it was, like a 15, 20 quid, whatever it was, keep it as that you know i don't I don't understand 27 quid is just considering the way things are at the minute you know there's not even a world title on the line you know you've got two guys that have lost more fights than they've won in their recent last five fights if not half their fights have lost so it, it, it does seem crazy to me that they stick on such a high pay-per-view price when you know people are still struggling to pay their gas and electric bills for fuck's sake it's just crazy i mean i think it's a bit of a that's a wrong, distasteful move from the zone. But it is what it is, mate. I mean, look, it's, it's just boxing for you. Sometimes it just leaves that sour taste in your mouth after you get a fight that you really would love to have seen. Yeah, he's a good fight I want to see. But am I going to pay for that, Sean, personally? I'm a huge boxing fan. No, I probably won't.
0: Yeah, but there you go. I think there's a lot of people with the same mentality. A lot of people that will not pay for it at their home address and they'll end up going to watch it at somebody else's or they'll find exactly. another, another way of watching it. And you know the, the 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 war on IPTV at the moment is is huge. So there's going to be a lot of people going down that route to potentially watch this fight. So they are going to lose out on pay per views. If it would have been just on the on its own without a pay per view fee attached, then people probably would have been more likely just to have signed. They done
1: record numbers, shown. They've They've signed up for one numbers.
0: month. You would have signed up for just one month though. You would have signed up and paid the one month fee, and that would have been even less than paying a pay per view fee. Do you know, like this is. This is the thing. It's, it's, it's ridiculous how how it all works out. But let's not dwell too much on the pay-per-view yeah. cost of this fight. And let's, let's also talk about, again, Daniel Dubois and Usyk because we mentioned this fight earlier. We mentioned how Dubois got a pair of bollocks to go over to Poland and take the fight. And I, I'm still giving him credit. I still think it is a really ballsy move because nobody is going to have him as a winner of this fight. There's not going to be many that will even give him a chance of winning this fight against Usyk. And I think it's, it's if anything, it's ultimate motivation for him as a fighter to to go in and, and train as hard as he's ever trained before and, and go in there and just forget about the surroundings and just go and throw what you throw, do what you do. And if it is good enough, if, if there is anything that's good enough to land that hurts Usyk, then maybe we could get an absolutely astonishing result. But the chances are Usyk is just too good. He's just too good in this division that he will run rings around Dubois. And that's ultimately what we potentially see here on this podcast. We see Usyk just basically cruising to a 12-round decision over Dubois. And Dubois learning so much from it, being still so young, remember? He's still only in his mid-20s. You know, a loss here against Usyk isn't the end of the world for him because he is still young enough to be around for another five to eight years, where these guys like Fury and Usyk and Joshua and White are all coming towards the end of their careers, Dubois could still be a champion and still be at this level in the next five ten years time because he is still young enough to be. So for him to get this experience and and try to become a champion in beating Usyk in that way, he may. I mean, obviously he's got like a belt, a belt, but ah. Oh, I I sort of say that quite loosely because it's, you know, because it is what it is, but at the end of the day, he's recognised, so he's going over there to fight for more belts against a guy who ultimately, in some people's eyes, or many people's eyes, is seen as as the best in the heavyweight division. I know there's not a lot of people that will agree, because everyone feels Tyson Fury is, and I can totally understand that and, and understand the justification behind that and agree, but I think Usyk is, is if he's not the best, he's certainly the second best in this division at this point in time. So for me, it is a ballsy move by Dubois. I'm, I'm happy for him because, you know, it's a big fight. You know, he's not just fighting guys that are being pulled in by Frank Warren now. He's actually got a fight with Alexander Usyk, which is a perfect opportunity for him to, to showcase himself. So what do you think about this move from Dubois then? Do you think, as I've said, it's just a ballsy move? or do you think it's a smart move or what what are your thoughts on the whole situation
1: it's an absolute win-win for daniel it is an absolute win-win no one's expecting him to win he's expected to be outclassed over in poland where what a million ukrainian refugees are relocated have been relocated since sort of following russia's invasion of ukraine now he's going to have a huge huge amount of ukrainian fans here cheering on usik and he's going to go in there and get booed he's going to be under You know, a lot of pressure, was it? I think it's 24,000-seater stadium. So you're going to have... He's going to have to go through a lot in there, Daniel. And just to make yourself out into that ring and to take on a guy as good as Usyk, he's uh, going to learn so much from this fight. In a fight, that's a win-win for him. You know, if he can land something on him, will it be significant enough to knock him down and out? I mean, it's the heavyweight... It's heavyweight boxing. You know, it happens. Anything could happen. You know, Usyk could switch off for a moment although he very rarely does it switches off hardly ever you know and, and he could get caught um it, i don't think it's gonna happen look it's it's a it's a great opportunity for daniel and i've got huge respect for him and it, i've got respect for Usik. you know he's probably thinking look i ain't got the fury fight fury ain't fighting me he's gonna fight this ufc fellow and a nice crust i'm gonna go over to ukraine i mean i'm gonna go over to poland and and fight again you know for his people you know this is he's been through some rough shit in and his country has and he's it's like he wants to give them something back. He's got a mandatory challenger. In it, in reality, Sean, this should be Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce should have beaten Silly Bang, but he didn't, did he? He ended up getting, you know, getting knocked out. But he's he's got the bollocks to go and take that rematch. But this should have been Joe Joyce. It hasn't. Daniel was a mandatory fighter, and it makes sense. I think the other one was Hergovic, so it could have been a Hergovic, but Dubois, Bois obviously the guy that stepped up, wants to fight in Poland. So it's it's a it's a mandatory mark, you know, a defense just ticked off the list. And then if Fury does finally get, you know, I, I look, I'm not going to go into who didn't take this fight. I mean, I, I I do side with the fact that I do think Fury was the problem. But, you know, that's for a whole, again, another show. People hate to, to, to even suggest that anything bad ever comes out of Fury's side of things. But, look, end of the day, uh, I think Usyk's got bollocks to take on a big puncher. You know, he's knocked out 18 and 19 of, of his fights. You know, it's, it's anything figure happen. I, I'm with you though, Sean. I actually feel that oops, it gets a stoppage victory later on in this fight. That's my early prediction. Well, we will do a full
0: prediction show for it. We will do a full analysis of all of these fights that are coming up over the course of the next six to eight weeks. The final fight we mentioned, obviously, as you called him, silly bang, big bang, <laughs> big bang. Hey, I'm Barry Scott. So it just So You just reminded me of the advert. You know, he Silly, silly Bang, I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, Chile, Silit Bang Zhang, that's what we're going to name him from now on, Silly Bang Zhang. He's got the <laughs> rematch with Joe Joyce and Joe Joyce has taken the initiative in that rematch clause and he's taking it. And i got to say fair play to him as well. He's taking it, he's trying to rectify his mistakes. It will be an interesting fight. At this stage of Joe's career, can he really change anything? Can he actually adopt some head movement in this rematch so that he can beat zhang i think he can beat zhang i do genuinely believe that he can beat zhang however i just think his head movement is lackluster and if he doesn't move his head again he's gonna get caught again and he'll get stopped and he'll get stopped again not because he was out on his feet but because of injuries that he's sustaining through all this as well through the process so yeah it's it's a situation where either he'll get his redemption or he'll get soundly beaten And that will really put a huge dent and possibly end any hope of Joe Joyce getting a world title shot at some point when it seemingly looked like he was on the verge of doing it. So I've got to say, fair play to him for for going straight in again and, you know, not even taking any chances by by missing his opportunity with the way the heavyweight division is at the moment. But uh, lastly, lastly, before we end this show as well, we've mentioned Fury quite a few times, but I suppose this is the moment now to have a few minutes on on his situation at the moment, which is he hasn't got a fight. It's looking like he's fighting the ex UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou in a boxing exhibition match, which will draw eyes for certain reasons. Different audiences will tune in to see how that goes down and to tune in to see whether there's a chance that Fury might get sparkled by the ex UFC heavyweight champion. But ultimately, for me, it's the wrong time for this exhibition to be happening in Fury's career because he is the WBC heavyweight champion. He's not fought since December last year. We thought we were going to get Usyk this summer. It's not happening. If it is going to happen, it's going to be in December in Saudi, as we've mentioned about that big card that's potentially happening. But I just don't see the value in this. Again, it feels like it's the wrong time. If this was if this was Fury off the back of, basically completely solidifying his legacy beating Usyk and then beating Joshua and then saying, right I'm done and then having an exhibition against ex-UFC fighters or whomever then yeah fair enough but he's doing it in right in the peak of his career and I just I just don't see the I just don't see the the logic behind it well I can smell the logic behind it I can smell the money it's the money that's behind this this decision to do this I mean when he went into WWE and did a few little stunts here and there with them, I mean that that's fair enough, right? Okay, I can I can get that. But not 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 when you're at the sort of cusp of that potential greatness and being labelled as the greatest of this era by fighting the only other guy around that is being labelled as an absolutely sublime fighter of this generation. If you're not fighting this guy and you're fighting an ex UFC heavyweight fighter, that's not really doing much for your legacy. If he fights him at the end of the year, Johnston, and he fights Susick, and it does yeah. happen, then, I'll, and then, then that's fair enough. I'll accept it. I'll accept that this was just him making as much as he possibly can because he knows he's coming towards the end of his career. I'll accept that. I'll accept that justification, that logic behind it. But it just feels frustrating that he couldn't make the Fury fight, but he can happily make this.
1: I'm with you. Look, I, I I agree. Um, it's, it's so tricky and difficult because... You know, he is a, a world champion. He should be defending his title and he should be doing it in the boxing ring. Um, I think he is at fault at times. I do I do feel that he is. I, I feel that he he sort of priced himself out of fights and, you know, there's an announcement to make every bloody day, isn't there? I mean, every other week there's an announcement to make and then nothing really gets announced. It's just like, I, I mean, I can't even, I don't even want to waste my life even thinking about following it. I ain't going to see nothing until announcements officially announced by somebody else other than Tyson Fury. It's all part of his game. I get it, you know. Um, I think the fact of the matter is that I think he priced himself out of the Usyk fight. That fight isn't happening. Usyk's now taking a mandatory Joshua fight. That didn't happen. I don't know the politics of that. You can't even go into that. It's just a flipping maze, isn't it? So Joshua now fights White. The Wilder fight, you know, that ain't going to happen because Wilder's waiting for the December bill. Will he fight Ruiz in between? Maybe. That leaves a situation where Tyson Fury either hangs on until December to fight Usyk, which makes him even more inactive, or he fights somebody. And um, there isn't really anyone out there after that, is there? I mean, Joyce is tired. he can't have the Joyce fight. Dubois is tied up; they? They couldn't have that. So there isn't logically anyone there that he's going to get any credit for, any credit whatsoever. So what happens is, is somebody offers him a shitload of money, tens of millions of pounds to box some fella that's never fought in a boxing ring and he's gonna he's gonna get a shitload of money for it and he's gonna he could he could absolutely demolish this guy with ease i mean there's no doubt about it you know if you want to call him the best heavyweight that's ever lived as some people suggest or at least in his in his era then he should have no problem literally he might as well just he might as well make it fairer and just jab for the fight i think that would make it a fair fight if he says that i'm gonna just jab you tonight and then i'll get the win that way because and I'm going to get, I mean, the amount of money he's going to get is ridiculous. I I don't know exact figure, but you're talking tens of millions that I'll keep hearing. So for me, you know, boxing is boxing. But, you know, the one word that always gets thrown out, Sean, whenever we do our career profiles and like legendary nights, everyone calls it prize fighting. And that's what it is. At that, at the, that's the end of the game. You're offered an opportunity to fight someone that you, for more money than if you're going to fight someone else who's got a bit of credibility to them. And you're going to put your title on the line. This one, never put your title on the line. And then, <laughs> it, look, it makes sense, but I'm with you, Sean. As long as he fights Usyk in December, well, we'll
0: see. Only time is going to tell how this heavyweight scene changes. But we felt it necessary with all the announcements that have happened, all the fights that are actually being made. It felt only right that we we put a little something together on it. So this was our heavyweight debate part two. We did do one last year when there was all other different things going on. We have done these quite a few times i feel like this is kind of a mainstay of the show at least once a year we'll get a moment in the year where we'll have to do something like this because there is so much going on some landslide changes or non-starters and i feel like it's always necessary for us to put a singular episode out on what's going on in the heavyweight division at this moment in time and that is it for this particular episode thank you as always for listening we hope you've enjoyed our take on the current heavyweight scene. If you completely disagree with anything that we do say, then you can always tweet us at BTR Boxing Pod. You can give your opinions. You can let us know what your thoughts are on this, what your alternatives would be, how things should be playing out. I'm always interested in hearing different people's takes, even if they are quite absurd. Please throw them at us because it's always interesting to see what people's perceptions are on how the heavyweight division sits at this moment in time. Thank you as always. For listening to the show, and if you haven't tuned into any of our other shows, you can find them at Career Profiles, The Darker Side of Boxing, and Legendary Nights. Thank you again, and we will see you next time. The dream is made real. Ricky rocks the world.
1: How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was fifty years younger and I'd kick your ass It's over! Podcast Network.